Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? Uh, that is Wrap It Up by Sam and Dave. Some Memphis music in honor of the Grizzlies wrapping up Gigi Jackson on a deal that will have him locked up for two more years after this one and then another year after that on a team option. So really, like, you know. They'll have him for at least three more years after this one. So uh, that became sort of the capper to the day uh, yeah. last night. Uh, Gigi has a career-high 27 and then gets the deal. Um, how bullish are you on Gigi Jackson? I think pretty bullish. I, You know, he is not as finished a product as Vince Williams. Vince Williams is all the way here. Like, there's no Vince future. Williams there yesterday. is only present. You I know? went to that game and... He is fun, man. Like, he was dealing, for God's sakes, last night. He gets after it on both ends of the floor. He impacts winning in all kinds of ways. Like, it's just, it's a, it's just, just great to see. It was really, we got, I got my James Posey back with the bug of Vince Williams. Gigi Jackson is, is a much, much further away from being a finished product, but like, um, he's pretty far along for a dude who just turned yeah. 19 a couple months ago. He is a lot. He is more scoring upside. That's that's certainly true. So, someone on Twitter asked me, like, does is, is he remind you a little bit of young Rudy Gay? And, like, he's different, but it's not It's not it's a terrible, not terrible. cop. It's, it's really not. not. And so if you think about, like, you know, Vince Williams is sort of a Posey type and, and Gigi sort of a Rudy <laughs> Gay type. Like, there's a lot of there there to both of those. Um, I, I think Gigi Jackson is not as explosive or fluid an athlete as young Rudy was. Young Rudy was something. Something. But he is actually more skilled as a shot creator and shot maker. Right. Uh, he, he's got, you know, he's Rudy got more was, natural Rudy scoring was, ability. Rudy, because he was such an athlete, could get his shot off. Right. But he was not. He was a clever. little clever. He was a little clunkier. Right. And, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think, I think, I think Gigi Jackson has more innate scoring ability actually than Rudy Gay did. So you got to, you got to develop that. But he also hits the boards and like, I, you know, there's just a lot to like there. And so, like, we'll see where it goes. I, I like, like, I what I've said about him in the past, which I'll reiterate, is like, I thought the Grizzlies needed to move him onto the main roster. He showed enough. If you can get value, do it, which they did. But I don't want a team where I'm depending on him to like be a starter or be my sixth man or whatever. I think he's going to project. This could change if he keeps having games like last night. But I think he projects to be like your ninth, tenth, eleventh man on your. Sounds good to me. Like I like that, or where he is, he 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 can he can do as much as as he earns, you know. Um, but you don't you're not dependent on it every night. Yeah, 
Uh, it was it was really it was a perfect night, really. really. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, that was I'm one of those the, again. Yeah, I am to the point that I care about where they are. I do not not hugely, but among the things I care about is I like when they come close and, and happen to yeah, lose. Yeah, it's a weird thing just because of this draft. Like it's not as clear right. cut. Like you you want to be to this pick to get this right. player, but just as a general sense, I bet the higher pick you are, the more options you have, the more right. value you have, etc. They presumably will have. They will have a ranking of players who they prefer, and it's you're more apt to get that player at five than at six. It's just well, true. and also the, the trade value increases, and the trade value the increases yeah. as well. Um, so, all right, so that was that was fun. I've decided you you had a, a you had a column on all this that went up, uh, and I would urge people to read it. I've tweeted it out. Um, you said that yesterday did not confirm their draft misses. Because that was already well, well established. We already do. It is known, as they say in Game of Thrones. It is right. known it that, that LaRavia and Roddy maneuvers were misses. I stumbled upon this theory, though, that particularly in the NBA, your hits are more important than your misses. Like, that's what, right, you know. Yeah, I, mean, it, I mean, unless your misses is like number one, Shashim Thabit, that's right, a pretty yes. big miss. But I mean, but we had James Booknight was, was cut yesterday. He's a lottery pick yeah, yeah. from a year ago, a year yeah. and a half ago. No, generally speaking, once you get beyond the first few picks in the draft, Hitting the value of hitting the positive value of, of hitting far exceeds the negative value of, of missing. You just I, saw I it last yesterday. True. There's a million like Trey Mann was dealt. He's just like inconsequential play. Two years ago, he was 17 or 18 yeah. or 19 picked, whatever. And now, so for them to hit um, was um, was it looks like um, it's going to be really promising. Okay, they traded David Roddy. Um, your thoughts on that deal? It was kind of a complicated deal. It was a frustrating deal for me to have to write the news story and, and the column because with the news story, ideally when something happens, you would get all the information and then, you know. but You had to keep updating it. Well, I updated it like seven times because right. what happens is like, you know, one of the one of the two like league approved, you know, information brokers throws out a partial piece of information on Twitter and suddenly you have to immediately like write up the news. Well, right. it was literally hours before we had all the information on 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 what all went into that deal and all the pieces of it. And it was even it was hours before I had all the information. It was a little bit longer than that before I could actually write all the information. Um, and so it was it was kind of a complicated deal, kind of more complicated than it seemed at first blush, right? Um, and so it all goes back to the Grizzlies. One of the pieces of business they wanted to conduct it was we just got too we're too crowded with wing project wing projects, and two of them are hitting, and that's Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams, and three of them are not so far. That is Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, and David Roddy, and so there's too much clutter here. We need to we need to clear out some of this clutter, right? Right. Um, that trade essentially does that, but it does not do it quite as neatly or clearly as maybe as it seemed at first, because you are taking back a player right. and you're to Watanabe who is a similar player positionally to David Roddy and does have a player option on his contract next season. And so on one hand, like, if, if Utah Watanabe exercises the player option and comes back, like, you didn't clear up a roster spot, you have another player at the same position, you didn't really accept that Utah Watanabe is a different kind of player than David Roddy in the sense that he, he's not someone you're agonizing about whether he's playing or not. He's not someone you're worried about. Did you blow this draft pick? You're not having to think about, oh, do we he's get to oh, sit on the bench unless you really need it? That's right. You're not he, trying to you're, develop you're not, them. you're not trying to decide, you know, do we really want to kick the can down it's the more road like more? Conchar. Yeah. And, well, what I was about to say, which I think is a, a part of this, is you're not worried about whether, you're not agonizing over whether you should do your team option for the fourth year of his rookie deal, which is $5 million, right. like any of this kind of stuff. <laughs> 
so I think it, it does clear up the clutter of developmental projects in the wing, even though it adds a similar kind of player positionally. I think for the Grizzlies, once you once all the information comes in, what I see on this is that the, from a player for player swap, the Grizzlies consider that like six of one, half dozen of the other. It was yeah. like whatever. It's a neutral kind of thing. And then they get the this pick swap. So, A, they reduce some of the existential angst around all these wings because right. you have no angst about Utah. Um, and then you get this pick swap, which may turn into something. It may turn into nothing. But I think the Grizzlies think it has a chance to, 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 to pan out. I do too, actually, once I looked at it. And so, you know, you, you just got rid of some of this clutter, and you and you didn't have to give up anything to do it. You didn't have to incentivize the deal, which they didn't want to do. And you got back what you considered at least something of some value. In do it. they – do you think they know whether Utah's going to opt in? He's been terrible I, this year. He's been terrible this, this year, year. But right. this year, that's the thing. I saw, I saw some comps like uh, Roddy versus Utah, and they're using like Utah's – Utah's a career 38% yeah. three-point shooter. Like, had a you much know, better career. Like Utah, the last two seasons, is much better than Roddy's ever been. 100%. Um, Utah's not been good this year, but you know who knows? Maybe he bounces back, and maybe it's just he's one of these players who was pretty decent bitch player for three years, and then and then you're done. That happens all the time. Right. So I don't know. Uh, I don't. If I do not have the, I don't know. I do not know one hundred percent. I do not have the sense that the Grizzlies have a definitive definitive answer on that. Um, it seems like it, it, it's really something that could go either way. It is not crystal clear. Just looking at the logic of it, that what he would do with that. Because, you know, maybe he wants to go, maybe he wants to take some multi-year deal right. overseas, right? right? And you do that. Maybe he gets on the floor and plays better, and there's some team willing to give him the same deal that Phoenix just gave him, which right. was a minimum contract, but a minimum contract with a second-year team years. option, right. a second-year player option, right? Um, and so it's not really clear either way. Um, but, you know, to the degree that, that it impacted roster flexibility finances, even if it just a slight bit, it was still in a positive direction. You know, right. it's $200,000 less. There's at least a chance he might opt out. You're not worried about the fourth-year option. So do you think we're going to see – LaRavia's going to get healthy, I presume, at some point and be back. <laughs> you would hope. Are, are we, we going to see a dude, lot of – Jake, you're, 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 you're trying to earn that fourth-year option right, on your contract. Exactly. Get on the floor. I mean, like, what are we doing here? It's one of the intriguing things going forward is to see what – if Jake can create some value for himself. Yes. Are we going to see much of Jake and Zaire, for that matter? I, I I don't have the answer to that. Um, I, you know, I, you know, maybe, maybe that'll pop up today. Zach Hyman's going to talk today. There's just so much in the air. There's so many things to sort through. Like, you know, the the ETA of, of Jake Laravia's return to the court, I think, is right. the thing that matters. But it was like, you know, number forty seven on the list yesterday. Right. But I do think it's. I, I think I think for Laravia in particular, and I wrote this in the column. It's like it's time to show something. Just right. just something. Just play basketball. <laughs> right. Let's start with playing basketball, which he doesn't do. You know. Yeah. Um, so what does this mean for Luke Kennard? He remains a Grizzly. What do we think it means for Luke I Kennard? would – it certainly suggests the team wants to keep the option open of bringing Luke Kennard back. Because if they had decided flat out they're, we're 100% not bringing Luke Kennard back, then right. they would have done what they did with Tillman, and they would, I think they would have, you know, tried to move him for value. And there's no sense that they tried and didn't get value they like. There's The sense is rather that they weren't really looking to move Luke Kennard. Right. So that suggests the desire to have Kennard back. I would not – put that in ink quite yet just because of the logic of the money situation because right now as i projected so before the Stephen adams trade the grizzlies were projected to have 192 million roughly in salary next season which would put them in the quote-unquote second apron which language we're all learning as i and i, and I redid my, my my spreadsheet i do have a spreadsheet this morning 
and I've got them at 182 right now, right? which puts them, I don't know where the first apron comes in. It puts them safely below the second, but still pretty deep into the tax. And that's not accounting for a new starting center, you know, unless, you know, your your draft pick is your starting center because that money's there. I don't, if they're not, if they may not be done adding, they may not be done subtracting. And so I think the money stuff is tight enough that I don't assume Kennard's back, but certainly they're, 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 they're making a point to keep that door open. How about like someone like Santi Aldama? Like, is there others? Clearly, other players could. Well, be Aldama will be back unless right. there's some trade pops up that, I mean. that they but want like, to do. I, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I think I think Santi is among the players. I'll probably get into this next week once we, once once I sit down and say, okay, let's we got games to play. What, what's this about? Right. You know, I'll probably get into this. Like, who who who's who matters and who doesn't the rest of the season and in what ways? I think Santi's near the top of the list of players who are interesting the rest of the season. Um, you know, he's under he's already under contract next season. He's not auditioning for a contract, but he's eligible for a contract extension this summer. I have a real hard time seeing the Grizzlies do a contract extension for him this summer given their financial situation. But that is something he's potentially playing for. I I, I think, you know, right now Santiago Aldama is, is projected to be the same role next season he was he was this season, which is your backup power forward. But, you know, Gigi Jackson may can play that role too. And so, you know, that's something to evaluate. Right. Is there what what Zach Kleiman speaks today? Yeah. What's top of the list? Oh, I I, I don't know. I mean, the Stephen Adams, <laughs> right. the Stephen Adams stuff. I guess. I mean, the thing about this is that you know it's important for him to like sit in front of microphones and talk or whatever. But I don't feel like I'm there to learn anything because I feel like I've already I already really know what I've written. Really, it. Right. Like, so yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting him to say anything. That I don't, don't really know, know and haven't already written. I'm not expecting him to say anything that sort of upends my analysis. Stuff, there's nothing to say about this. Who's who's going to be your center next year? Like, who's a, you know, they obviously know they have to go find one. I, the the thing about these kind of, these public settings for coaches and, and GMs yeah. and stuff like that is there's a limit on what they can. It's not like you're getting them opening their their, their, their <laughs> you know just spilling all everything they think. And so I feel like the. If I, as a writer, feel like I understand the situation, I can write beyond what they're going to say in a public setting, right? And so, I, I, I to me, I think I'm going to get less than what I've already, yeah. what I'm saying on this show, you know. But, but it'll be interesting to see what what he's willing to say and what he doesn't. Sometimes you can read between the lines, right? right. And what are you willing to say? Well, what and are you sometimes not? the stuff that honestly matters the most is like the things he said about John Morant, about the 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 the. the 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 team's patience with John Morant or lack of pay whatever like the, the fact that they didn't have, like those things symbolically sort of matter more than anything indicating what they're going to do going forward. Yeah, um, no, I agree. I, I you know the, the, there are hints and clues and whatever. I think the Stephen Adams thing. I mean, because they have not publicly spoken about the Stephen Adams thing, and like this was a guy who was a great fit on the court in the locker room, the whole shebang, and then he has this injury. And, you know, the idea is he's going to be back next season and you decide to move him anyway. And I, I think getting him to speak to that is probably the most the most interesting part of it. I don't know, you know, speaking to David Roddy, I don't know how important that is. Right. Um, all right. Well, um, in looking around the league, um, Nick's most impressive yesterday? I think, I think most impressive in the sense of most meaningful. Yeah, in terms of what actually – what moves are, might impact the what's going to happen in the rest of the season and the playoffs going right. forward? The Knicks were already a team on the rise um, after the Ananobi deal. Ananobi's hurt right now, but he's supposed to be back. Um, they were already a team on the rise, and to add two veteran shooters um, to that mix, you know, 
they're still not going to be the favorite in the East. I don't know if they're the second favorite in the East, but they they have crashed the party in terms of like that top four in a team that you know could make some noise in the playoffs. So I think that's particularly interesting. Um, I think Gordon Hayward to add like a veteran, right. you know, ball handler shooter to Oklahoma City, you know, is a good move. We didn't get big moves. But we got moves where teams, teams that are in the content, contention mix made moves that, that shore things up and helped them. Like, and then other teams like Denver did, not. did nothing. Right. Well, Denver, I don't think anyone was really anticipating right. Denver doing anything. Or the Clippers. I mean, they're, they're, um, and then the Lakers. And I, I, I think nothing. the Bucks were a team. They added Pat Bev. Right. But I think the Bucks were a team that felt like they needed to do something, and they didn't do a whole. They didn't get, find much to do. I think they are a notable team that didn't do a lot. When you look at the like the tippy top, like whatever the Lakers, Lakers State, right. who cares? <laughs> but if you look at like the tippy top teams, right. Milwaukee's a team that felt like they needed to do something a little bit more, and they could have done something a little bit more, and they didn't quite do it. I think that's notable. Um, the Clippers, I don't know. The Clippers feel like the, they were sort of they were sort of okay already. Um, I, I, so I think Milwaukee's a notable like not do something team. Um, I thought notable with Dallas very clearly like they've given away all their future assets essentially, and they're just trying to yeah. make themselves relevant. So while Luca doesn't leave, the Dallas thing feels like a repeat of Anthony Davis in New Orleans. But with as great as Anthony Davis was, right. with a better player, right. you know, in terms of— And a Luke, better market where you can imagine Well, that's staying. right. That's true, too. That's true, too. And so it's a better situation, but it's sort of a similar situation in which they just have never— and they may have had it with Brunson and they let it go, but they've never built a sustainable apparatus around Luka to consistently win big. And, and, and now they're in the situation where they're chasing it. Yeah. Well, I know you got reporting to do. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.